At ASDefense.com, we were already selling the best knife brands in the world when law enforcement approached us about making them a knife. And so, the ASD Centurion was born. Centurion is made of tough D2 tool steel, has a full plane edge, and fully serrated spine. It's like having two knives in one. Centurion also has a gut hook, skull crusher, and storage inside the handle. Get your ASD Centurion today at ASDefense.com. That's ASDefense.com. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. I want to thank our sponsor, R&B Car Company. R&B has a huge selection of quality SUVs, cars, trucks, crossovers, and minivans. You can go to rbcarcompany.com to find special offers and promotions today. Uh, what do we have here? Casey, retention pond in Indiana. You have to have a fence or ladder restraint. This is a body of water. Why are there no barricades around the pond? Um, they're not required to have that. So um, it, it covers that in the article, which is in the Daily Show prep. I didn't go into the minutia of all of that. I uh, didn't want to, but... It is in the article, what is required, what is not required, that sort of thing. And it, this is not the first time that this has come up. And as a result of that, people are, you know, obviously saying, hey, this happens with some regularity. Maybe this is an issue that we need to look at. And the other the other aspect of it is, it's, you know, you can't bubble wrap the world. You have to adjust for, uh, you can't adjust for the driver's behavior on on the road. And some of you have sent me text messages. Maybe she was driving too fast. Look, possibly. I have, you know that I I drive there with regularity. Like I said, you know, at least for the businesses in that development, we do business with at this station. And I have been going the speed limit there. That little curve to the left gets very icy. And the people that I know who work there and go there every single day, their reports back to me from that morning was the road was a sheet of ice and had not been treated and had not been taken care of, which is a function of government. They're supposed to be taking care of the roads. And, you know, this year so far, most of the local governments that I have seen anyway have not done a great job of doing it. And that street on that stretch in particular is ignored with regularity. In all of the years that I have been here, it has always been a slick portion of the road. So much so that if I can avoid it, I, I typically do. And when I was talking with people today, it was extremely slick that, that morning. It was basically a sheet of ice. Nothing was put down for that. And you know what? I don't know if she was traveling too fast. I don't know why she swerved. I don't know if the person in front of her had done something that was incorrect or if they were driving too fast and they lost control and she's trying to avoid, I don't have the details on that stuff. Okay. I don't know. What I can tell you is the road was not in good condition that day. And that responsibility is squarely on the city's government. Now it is entirely possible that we have a Trinity of responsibility here. It is possible that you've got a developer who has ignored multiple accidents in that pond in the past. 
and perhaps should have done something to help curb that. You've got the possibility of traveling too fast and losing control for conditions. And you've got the city not treating the roads, creating an unsafe condition. It is possible, ladies and gentlemen. I know that this is a difficult thing to do in the modern era because we all have to have opinions. Because our opinion is right. Social media verifies it. It is possible that this tragedy was because of all three things. I don't have all of the details. I'm not trying to lay blame. I don't know. The only thing that I know for sure is multiple people have crashed into that pond. We have this horrible tragedy and that the roads were really bad that day. I don't know what her driving style was that 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 afternoon. I don't know it. But what I am seeing here is consistent blame of the pond. And that it's the pond's fault. That we need to do something about the ponds. Everything has to do with the ponds. There's some other things that, if we're going to talk about this and bring it up, there's some other things that we also have to consider, don't you think? One of them being the travel conditions of the road that day and the behavior of the driver. And those are all factors that have to be discussed. I'm not saying that we have to automatically blame one of the three entities that are involved in this particular tragedy. It's horrible. You know, any anytime you lose children, the 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 witnesses and what they saw with the first responders who were breaking down after seeing what they saw. This is a horrible tragedy. And I know that when we are removed from that, it becomes very easy to write words in articles or to write words on social media and separate ourselves from what really happened. Nothing is going to change the fact that this is a horrendous tragedy with this family. Could things have been done to have prevented it? That's what has to be evaluated. And if yes, do those changes require code enforcement changes, law changes, um, security barriers? Does it require any kind of additional? And look, you have to look at it in an honest an honest way. Like I said, you're never going to make everything 100% safe. Not going to happen. And so if the answer to preventing something like this from happening in the future, really the costs don't really outweigh the risk, your, your answer might very well be no. Might very well be no. All I can do is tell you what I have experienced on that exact stretch where it makes that left, that left curve, it is routinely slick. There's like this little split right there, too, where you can go right or you can go left. It, the, the main road curves around left, and then you have this little right-hand kind of turn on this little side street. And more than once, I have slid into the opposite lane right there, slowing down, trying to make that right-hand turn. Because that was the safer turn, because if you go up to the left, it is more dangerous. And that is because the road conditions are terrible. So it at least has to be asked, right? If you're going to write a whole article about how dangerous the ponds are and how this developer has had at least two other vehicles go into that particular pond, then maybe we need to look at that. Okay, cool. 
Can we also talk about the road conditions that day? I think that would be fair. 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. Um, sending me text messages with the obvious about driving too fast doesn't do any good. I've already acknowledged that, and everybody knows that. I, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't address the point that was being made. You know, if, again, if your answer to that is the government doesn't have to put down anything for icy road conditions, okay, fine. But I'm just saying every headline here is for years and years and years, people have been complaining about the retention ponds. Cool. For years and years and years, that road has also been extremely slick and untreated. All I'm saying is that has to be a part of the discussion. Anyway, 574-2595-953. One of my new favorite things out there is that apparently the far left out there believes that Mayor Buttigieg is a CIA agent. <laughs> not, I am not making this up. This is in the Daily Beast. The world is on fire. No, it's not. Uh, but for an increasingly vocal segment of extremely online politicos, there is a greater geopolitical concern hanging over the election. The fear that Pete Buttigieg is secretly an asset officer or agent of the Central Intelligence Agency. Uh, he wouldn't be able to be one while also simultaneously being the president. But I digress. The conspiracy theory that Buttigieg is a CIA plant has been congealing in the Internet's fever swamps for as long as profiles of the young candidate have fixated on a biography that, to the conspiracy-minded, seems almost suspiciously clean. That's darn close to being racist there, Daily Beast. You're not allowed to call politicians clean. We went through that charade again. Uh, well, before, I should say. The perceived threats of neoliberal imperialists and the deep state converging in an unlikely form of dweebish Midwestern mayor. <laughs> um, have, have you seen his post about the Iranian airline? If he is a CIA agent, he is either a really good liar or he is terrible at it. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. You know, one final thing that I'm going to say about the pond accident, and we're not taking any more phone calls on it. Leave Joe alone. Poor guy. Keeps answering phone calls on it. We will do open lines tomorrow at 4 o'clock, okay? So at 4 o'clock, you can call about it, okay, throughout the rest of the show. Do you remember how Indiana is looking to ban studded tires? Remember that? Do you know what the only tire that could really control a vehicle in those types of conditions with an untreated road that is a solid sheet of ice are? Studded tires. This case is also potentially an argument against the ban on studded tires. Because if governments don't want to spend the money to treat every road, then maybe they want to go ahead and allow people to have the option of having those studded tires. 
which may very well have prevented this horrible accident from happening. So again, it's, I'm talking with people right now too, but I have spun out on that road going five to 10 miles an hour. So again, your text messages and your tweets to me about driving too fast in road conditions are completely dismissed. They're not valid. I have gone so slow on that road trying to make that right-hand turn and slid into the opposite lane. And we don't know, again, they still haven't released what they think actually happened with what caused her to lose control of her vehicle. It's entirely possible that she was swerving to avoid something, which is, by the way, a working theory of authorities. So, um, yeah, it's, folks, there's no sense in placing any blame. We don't have enough information here, which is part of the reason why I'm saying stop blaming the pond, because there's some other factors that went into this which even if there were safety measures around the pond, may not have prevented this type of an accident. It's okay to ask the questions. I would just, I would caution you against running up and jumping to conclusions on something you don't have the information of. Anyway, 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. So um, there is a report that potentially a woman with Ebola from Congo did, in fact, get across the southern border in Texas. Now, this is not the first person from Congo to smuggle themselves into the United States via the southern border. But she apparently had Ebola. And uh, apparently she she died on the American side of the fence, if the information is, of course, correct. But... You know, as we have pointed out before, hundreds of people from Congo who are fleeing the Ebola outbreak there did, in fact, get themselves across the southern border. That happened. That is not in dispute. That's a real story. Um, this one, I'm passing it on to you, um, even even though, you know, some of the details may change later on. But apparently this woman, 41 years old, came from Congo, got across the southern border, uh, was taken into custody she had a pre-existing medical condition, which apparently ended up um, allegedly, according to the articles, being Ebola. So it, it's just another reason, ladies and gentlemen, that we probably need the border fence taken care of. The border wall, I should say. We also have the court looking at this and saying, yeah, this money for the border fence can, in fact, be released. And you, you absolutely, is $3.6 billion in the border wall. Um, so courts are now, of course, um, ruling in favor of the president, who has all of the authority to do this. This is the $3.6 billion in military construction funds that he promised for the, the border wall. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is based in New Orleans, lifted the injunction issued last month in Texas that blocked the reallocation of funds, which he has the full authority to do. We have gone over this several times. I don't need to, again, get into the details of it because you've heard it on the show before. If you haven't, there's a website called theburningtruth.us that you can go to to find it. In the two-to-one ruling, judges granted the administration's request to temporarily halt the nationwide injunction from U.S. District Judge David Briones of El Paso. Congress appropriated the $3.6 billion to the Department of Defense for 127 construction projects. Uh, Briones had ruled, so the Trump administration shouldn't divert it to the border wall, even though it is expressly in the president's power to do so. Again, we have gone over this. 
President Trump took to Twitter to celebrate. Breaking news, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals just reversed a lower court decision and gave us the go-ahead to build one of the largest sections of the desperately needed southern border wall, $4 billion, he said. Yeah, he'll be fact-checked. Is It's not $4 billion. The president is lying. It's 3.6. Because <laughs> that's how fact-checking works nowadays. Now, again, um, when he declared a national emergency at the southern border, he was able to free up those funds. Uh, it is within the presidential presidential power to do that. I, I went over all of the laws, all the rules, all of the relevant regulations with that when it happened. Uh, went over it again with the court ruling. There, There is nothing out there that would prevent the president from doing any of this. Even the states were out there going, oh, you're going to damage uh, our National Guards. None of that was true. Michigan even lied about having any of these construction pro- projects. The brand new attorney general for Michigan came right in, got involved in the lawsuit, lied about there being construction projects that were uh, going to not be done because of these funds. They had no projects that were funded or scheduled, none, and that would have received these funds. Uh, but as long as you can go ahead and you know make it orange man bad, then then why not? And like I said, uh, you know you're sitting here looking at a scenario where the initial reports seem to suggest that a woman with Ebola got across the border. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want an Ebola outbreak in the United States of America. And even if these reports end up not being 100% accurate with the Ebola woman, um, we do know the hundreds of Nigerians, excuse me, not Nigerians, Congo, uh, residents of Congo, the Congolese, that they got across the border fleeing Ebola. Well, what happens if some of them had Ebola? It becomes a very serious issue for the United States, don't you think? It's a pretty big problem. 574-2595-953. Also, I saw a really funny tweet today. And it said, find you a woman who holds on to you with the grip or something that, that Nancy Pelosi holds on to her articles of impeachment with. <laughs> so Representative Bradley Byrne moves to censure Pelosi for the impeachment holdup. Uh, Pelosi gave a press conference this afternoon during the show when she was asked when she was going to turn them over, and she said she'll turn them over when she's good and ready, but probably soon. Remember, the Senate says that they have enough votes to just go forward with impeachment based on the rules of the impeachment trial with Bill Clinton, which, again, should seem fair to any fair-minded, honest individual out there. If those were good enough to impeach Bill Clinton with, they should be good enough to impeach President Trump with. But Democrats probably won't like that because Bill Clinton wasn't convicted. That's they don't, they want to set this up to where there's no possible way that uh, Trump can escape this thing. Uh, now, uh, Representative Byrne is from Alabama. Introduced a resolution today to censure House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat of the People's Republic of California, for obstructing the impeachment proceedings against Donald Trump. Byrne, who is vying for the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate this year from his native Alabama, believes. The Speaker has broken congressional precedents by refusing to send the articles of impeachment to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Well, she has. I mean, she's certainly broken precedents. No doubt about that. You see, one of these reporters in this press conference actually asked Pelosi how she felt missing the 49ers game. And she says, I'm too busy saving the country. Okay, one, you're not saving Jack. Two, you didn't pick up the phone 
when the vice president of the United States called you to tell you that American troops were under attack. So you're, you're not saving anything. If you're busy saving the country, you answer the phone when the vice president calls with an emergency. But she didn't. She's too busy. Said she'd call him back. Uh-huh. All right, I'll get to this cruise line story. For those of you who are looking at going on your cruises, you may have to adjust your wardrobe based on some new restrictions from some companies. We'll do that coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Once again, if you would like to follow me online, at Casey the Host on Facebook. Brand new Instagram, at Casey the Host. My old Instagram at ASD Knives is still up there. I'm just actually, I have started an Instagram today that is tied to the show, which is going to have some video content that you're going to see more on on uh, Instagram, uh, new video stuff is coming in 2020. Got some updates on some of that yesterday, by the way. So look forward to that. So Instagram at Casey the Host, and then Twitter at Real Casey H. I did post a poll up there earlier. Why did Iran shoot the Ukrainian airliner down? Because all of the evidence points to Iran shooting it down. Now we had a, in the three o'clock hour we had a discussion about. Now, why you thought that was, but I put a poll up on Twitter, at RealKCH. Why did Iran shoot the Ukrainian airliner down? Three options. To prevent a U.S. response by accident or to blame the U.S. for it. To blame the U.S. for it, number one answer, with 46.5% of you answering yes to that. That poll is still open through tomorrow. So if you'd like to go and take the poll... You can go ahead and go to twitter.com slash real KCH because it is the real KCH actually tweet. And the verification actually helps with that. All right. So Carnival Cruises has now issued a new edict on offensive clothing and accessories. They have banned them. Fox News says don't expect to go cruising around wearing offensive clothing on a carnival ship. The company recently updated its dress code policy to ban, quote, offensive clothing, and accessories from its ships. This includes items with messages or images that contain nudity, profanity, or sexual innuendo or suggestions. Guests are also prohibited from wearing clothing or accessories that promote negative ethnic or racial commentary, hatred, or violence. So Antifa can't take a cruise saying that they want to punch Nazis. Now, I bet those would be allowed, actually. Think so, Joe? Those would be okay? Our crew is not on... What's that? I would hope so, because who doesn't want to punch a Nazi? <laughs> but you, you know, now, of course, Antifa, it's, they're not yeah. real Nazis, though. They're fake Nazis. Our crew is not on board to be the clothing or expression police, Carnival spokesperson Vance Gullickson said as they were rolling out a new um, policing policy of clothing. We already have some basic clothing guidelines in place, and our guests respect them and understand that we are a family-focused business. Now, here's, here's the thing. They're saying that this happened as a result of some incidents that were reported in the media about other travel sectors and customers wearing clothing that was 
threatening, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the thing. The policy allows them to do this on a case-by-case basis. Do you know what that means, Joe? There actually isn't a policy. It means they get to decide what is and is not offensive. <laughs> now, look, it's a private company. Okay, fine. They can they can run their business any way you want. But I guarantee you there's going to be some stories about this. I guarantee it. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly it, It's going to get ugly real quick. Once one person says it, there's going to be several other people who say, oh, it happened to me too. So, yeah, anytime you allow the crew to decide what is and is not offensive without specific guidelines and allow them that that leeway, you have issues. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595 Nine five three. You can also send a text message to four five three six four. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. Do want to thank R and B Car Company. Huge selection of quality SUVs, cars, trucks, crossovers, and minivans. Go to rbcarcompany.com for promotions and special offers. So I uh, want to thank listeners for pointing this out to me. I had posted in the Discord server that um, there's been some reports that. Some um, former CNN hosts are now getting sued by Nicholas Salmon and even Elizabeth Warren is that they've all been served papers. Uh, Nicholas Salmon is the Covington kid who just recently settled with CNN, by the way, uh, for an undisclosed amount. However, his attorneys, his real attorneys, are saying that the lawsuits are fake. They're not real. And that uh, the the guy who's posting this when Robert Barnes is falsely stating that they are representing Nick Sandman. And as a result of that, he is proclaiming to be his attorney, but he is not. And so these lawsuits are not legitimate. Uh, Lynn Wood, who is on Twitter, says Nicholas Sandman has many legitimate defamation cases remaining for resolution through litigation. Um, Todd McMurdy and I prefer to focus on those matters and not be forced to take legal action against another lawyer, but Robert E. Barnes crosses the line with his claims about Nicholas. Um, Barnes has been previously warned to stop publicly suggesting or stating that he represents Nicholas. In response, Barnes blocked Todd McMurdy and me on Twitter. Barnes apparently cannot control his desire to garner publicity by falsely using Nicholas's name. Uh, so they, and they've been posting this today. So the blog posts and social media posts about the additional lawsuits against Reza Aslan and others um, being sued by Nicholas Salmon are not legitimate. They are not real. They are fake. And they are coming from a lawyer who does not represent Nicholas, but who has blocked uh, Nicholas's actual attorney. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hop onto Twitter at Real KCH, and I'm going to post on Barnes's Twitter all of these screenshots about how Barnes is a liar and doesn't represent Nicholas Salmon. I hope you will join me and do the same. It is now time for Bill O'Reilly and the O'Reilly Update. I want to thank you so much for listening today. Have a wonderful night.